Dalvin Cook has been released by the Minnesota Vikings. Does that have any impact on the Bengals' running back position? We'll dive into that, plus the difference between Irv Smith and the past couple tight ends in Cincinnati and more. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Become an everydayer, which means that you listen to this podcast every day. We post an episode. Become a first listener. Join the first listen club with the many other Bengals fans to make us their first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNFL, all caps, one word, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. James, you got yours, right? Pretty cool tumbler, right? Oh, right here. There what you is. mean? Stacked, packed, ready to go. It is, boom, you got the Bird Dogs logo there. Take a little sip, pinkies out. Very fancy. Best it's water the, I've ever tasted in my life. It's mailbag day. On the Locked On Bengals podcast, offseason being what it is, but some really good questions today. And Joe Burrow answering one of our questions from last week, James, blasting home runs of Great American Ballpark with a number of other Bengals who were over there taking batting practice. I asked C. Trent about whether anyone else hit home runs. He mentioned one other guy did, didn't know who it was, mentioned it was a lineman. I know BJ Hill was there. Cody Ford took batting practice. Looks like Orlando Brown took batting practice. Cordell Volson was there. Just some Ted of the Karras. other Ted Karras was there. Some of the some of the bigger guys that maybe C Trent wasn't able to identify. Kappa, the I'm, they were all there. I think all the starting linemen, offensive linemen, at least were there. Yeah, didn't didn't get it. Didn't see defensive linemen there. And those were the guys I was thinking could be able to blast some home runs. But Joe Burrow definitely did. The videos are out there. You've probably seen them. But how, how cool is that that they answered our question? It's great. Just a week later. Yeah, clearly they listen to Locked on Bengals. So shout yeah. out to the Reds for that. That's right. And um, shout out to Joe Burrow for answering the question. Not shocked by no. any stretch. Uh, th- the one thing, Lel, maybe it was him who was blasting home runs, but he's mm. taking batting practice. So uh, another step in the right direction for him. But uh, yeah, Joe Burrow, if we ever have a celebrity baseball game and I get first pick, because, you know, Locked on's going to sponsor it. I'm definitely picking Joe Burrow. We're I'll take him ahead of Miles Murphy. I'll take him ahead of Miles Murphy and DJ Reader. Reader's going to be so mad I said that. We're sponsoring it. We have the budget for it. Hey, I said locked on, not just locked on Bengals. Oh, okay, okay. Locked okay. on network. I, Roll deep. I got the second pick. I'm picking DJ to pitch, and That's fine. and then I don't think anybody can hit him because he actually pitched. Re- Reader terrorizing quarterbacks <laughs> and, and still doing the same to Burrow on the go. mound. Perfect. That's not funny. <laughs> I think it was funny. Um, let's get into I mean, some questions. It involves my team versus your team. Go ahead. Oh, I think it's great. Uh, J.R. Flores is going to be our first question today. Underscore, underscore, J.R. Flores. Dalvin Cook, as we all know at this point, if you pay attention to the NFL world at all, maybe, maybe we're your only source of NFL news. Dalvin Cook was released. Been watching this develop in Minnesota for a few weeks now. Some people are asking, what are the chances of Bengals sign him? James, we can answer that question. To me, 
the most interesting thing about this is going to be what market develops for him. We know that there are a few teams reportedly interested in his services. A trade almost materialized with the Dolphins. But what he ends up signing for is going to be very interesting to me as we have another round of veteran running back deals Mm -hmm. mostly falling apart. And a few of them are still holding together, but man, the the track record for signing running backs continues to get worse and worse. It's kind of a blueprint in in what he signs for. One, let's answer the question. Dalvin Cook to the Bengals, I don't see it. I don't see it for a few reasons. One, he probably will cost enough to where even if you did move on from Joe Mixon, you're spending the same amount of money. And I think given the familiarity they have with Joe, why roll the dice with a guy in Dalvin Cook who they don't know? A guy in Dalvin Cook who, yes, it was 2017, but in the 2017 draft, they had ranked lower than Joe Mixon on their draft board. Fact, by the way. not That's not me speculating. Just to be very, very clear, that's a fact. And so when you just mix all of that together, ha, 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 Joe Mixon. I think that they stick with Joe Mixon and, and they don't entertain Cook because Cook is much like DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's going to want money. <laughs> I don't think he's just going to sign a a really cheap low-end deal. He's the top running back on the free agent market. I think he still has some pop left. Obviously, he's um, more established, has had more success in that Vikings offense than Mixon has had numbers-wise in the Bengals offense. But there's a, a variety of factors there. And I think the Bengals – they're spending premium money at the position as of now. And they would rather do that on a guy they know versus a guy that they're more unsure about like Dalvin cook. So I don't see it being a fit. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think even from a scheme perspective, I'm fairly certain that Dalvin cook is, is by far best suited for a wide zone team. Sure. For, for a heavy zone running attack. And, and that's just not what the Bengals really are anymore. It's what we thought they would be when Zach Taylor came over from the Rams. Kevin O'Connell, another Sean McVay disciple, right? So I think there were more elements of that offense that got in in Minnesota that worked with the personnel they had in Minnesota than it worked in Cincinnati. Is every year it feels like they've had to change their running game in, in, in some fashion with, with the personnel they've had. So even from a scheme perspective... I don't, I don't necessarily see the fit, but mm-hmm. if we're talking like cut Mixon and sign Cook, like you're talking about, what, what, how much money are they actually saving at that point? Are they, you know, what, what's the difference in play they're getting? Even, even if you're scheme agnostic and ignore, ignore the scheme fit, ignore the familiar, because like that's why they value the familiarity, right? Because they know that Mixon can run it out of the gun. They know he can get downhill and some of the gap man stuff they're doing, mm-hmm. and he has a versatility to, to kind of do the variety of stuff they're doing. Cook probably does too. Cook, I think, is a really good player, but they like Mixon more when they drafted him than than Cook. And I'm not sure if that would have changed. I don't know. It'd it'd be interesting, I guess, but it's hard to imagine them really saving much money there. And if they're cutting Mixon, that's probably the first goal, right? Mm -hmm. So, I I think a couple things. Remember the theory I had a, a few days ago, a few days ago? No, it was last week when, when Zach Taylor mm-hmm. defends Joe Mixon, says they're counting on him. And I said, you're, you're hyping Joe Mixon up 
to ask him to take a pay cut. And most people are like, man, stop it. Stop it with your anti-Joe narrative. Oh, my God. James is just this blah, 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 blah. First off, if the Bengals rework Joe Mixon's deal, it might be doing Joe Mixon a favor. And that's the part of this that I, I think people don't understand. Joe Mixon could run for 1,200 yards this year and 16 touchdowns and do the 2021 Joe. And they're not going to pick up that option for 2024. Right, So this is a contract year for, for Joe Mixon. If Cook signs and it's, let's say it's a one-year prove-it deal or a two-year deal that's reasonable, I think that it could give the Bengals a blueprint to restructure with Mixon. And by restructure, I know they can't do that. They would have to rip up the contract. But I think there's a happy medium here where the Bengals rework Joe Mixon's deal and they say, we do like him. And we want to keep him around. We also don't want a 12 plus million dollar cap hit this year and move on next season. How about we sign you, just rip up this deal? You call his agent Peter Schaefer, rip up the deal and sign him to a two year, $14 million deal with some incentives baked in that makes that 2024 year actually realistic of him being around and mm-hmm. keeps him in Cincinnati. I think when you tie in what Mixon told Elise, on Cincinnati Bengals talk about about Mike Brown and, and him being in. Well, if you're in on him, is that going to change this year? Why not lower that cap number if you do end up needing money, which I think they're going to with some extensions. I think it's going to be extension season reasonably soon. And, and then you just keep the guy around for another year at a much more reasonable rate. Because if Mixon was making $7 million plus incentives this year, we're probably not even having this conversation and it would give him the, the peace of mind of 2024 knowing he's going to be here because as of now, it doesn't matter what he does in 2023. It's a contract year, much like Tyler Boyd and some of these other veterans on the team. Yeah. The interesting thing is the 7 million isn't even that much of a pay cut. That's a two and a half million dollar pay cut saves you a little bit on the cap. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get that a little bit lower, more into the incentives maybe some incentives that he'd be, be really confident in hitting, but then he sure. would have to feel comfortable taking the deal and risking the money. I, I think there's a little bit more to this. And, and then we have some good questions, James, as well about, you know, Irv Smith and, and how he compares to some recent tight ends on the Bengals, which I think is a pretty interesting question. And Orlando Brown gassing up Cordell Volson big time. Mm. And, and the second year for Cordell Volson we'll get into as well coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And so many times we talk about fits, scheme fits, team fits, culture fits. Bird Dogs is the perfect fit for you. Whether you're looking for khaki shorts that are designed to feature your legs, Jake Lisko. I know Jake's been working on his legs, leg day. He's been in the gym. And whether you're Jake Lisko, whether you're Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, are one of our many, many Locked On Bengals listeners. Bird Dogs are perfect. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They have cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. I love it. And they have anti-stick and sweat wicking fabric that is going to keep you cool and dry all day. So make sure you check them out today at birddogs.com slash locked on nfl and yes if you're watching on youtube you can get this awesome yeti style bird dogs t- 
tumbler with your order. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And be sure to enter promo code locked on NFL. It's bird dogs. They're going to be the perfect fit for you. Before we dive into our next question, James, my last notes on, on Joe Mixon. I mentioned the fact that really what they can rework is a salary and $2.75 million of his cap hit this year are just from a prorated signing bonus. He, he had a, what was it, $10 million signing bonus? No, it had to have been more than that. Yeah, $10 million signing bonus uh, when he signed his extension. They got prorated. It worked out to be 2.75 as a prorated bonus. So that's that's what they can't change this year, and that's why the dead cap hit would be $5.5 million because it takes the remaining prorated bonus this year, next year, multiply that by two, that's $5.5 million, right? So anything they change is to do with the base salary of this year, $9.4 million. Next year, $9.68 million, almost $9.7 million. And so if they were to rework his deal, you'd be reworking those salary numbers and and building instead of those salaries just being the salaries, you'd be lowering the salary and saying, okay, you can make another million dollars if you hit this, uh, this incentive. Another million if you hit this incentive, that kind of thing. And the way all that works, and we could spend a lot of time on this, is you have likely to be earned incentives, not likely to be earned incentives, and whether they're likely to be earned or not likely to be earned is based entirely on whether you did it the previous year. So if we looked at Joe Mixon's stats last year, he was under 1,000 yards rushing. So they could give him a 1,000-yard rushing uh, incentive and say you can make an extra $700,000 if you had 1,000 yards rushing or 1,200 yards rushing or whatever it is, right? If you play in... 16 games if you average x yards per carry all these things that you know he was 3.9 yards per carry last year say they do 4.3 yards per carry you get another x million dollars whatever it is and the way that works is if he hits the incentive he gets some money but that doesn't count against the cap this year that's what not likely to be earned does that means that those incentives are not calculated as part of the cap hit this year that's how you can lower his cap hit while giving him the potential to still earn the money Will they do it at this point? We'll see. And, and the only other thing was you, you mentioned an option. It's not technically an option, right? But it's effectively an option. Practically, it's an option for next year. The Bengals can either take a $2.75 million dead cap hit or pay Joe Mixon roughly $10 million next year. That, those are that's, with a cap hit that's higher. With a cap hit that's $13.1 million. Yeah. Which is, the, which is the point that really matters. It's not happening. Breaking news. That will not, I promise you that will not happen. So if you're Joe Mixon and they approach you with those incentives, you say, give me another year. And that's where I came up with that. Lock that 2024 year in because his market probably isn't going to be great anyway. The running back market stinks. So if you can add more money and yeah, it's to be earned incentives and and make it that way where, where it's unlikely to be earned and then doesn't count against the cap. That's fine. If you want to do that with a thousand yards, maybe he wants 4.1 yards a carry. He's done that in half of the seasons he's been here in Cincinnati, all of his thousand yard seasons, he's averaged over four yards a carry. Okay, fine. I think that makes sense. And so maybe there is a happy medium where after all this off season, after all this debate, after all these things where I'm, I'm the person that hates Joe Mixon the most, I just found the, per, the, the perfect way to, and I'm not saying I am, by the way, I don't I'm just doing my job, but maybe this is the perfect compromise an extra year that's going to happen versus probably not happening 
You lower the cap hit this year. You give him some incentives where he could still go home with around the same amount of money, around that $10 million mark that he's going to make this year. All of those things. I think, I think there's a way to do that. And if I had to bet today, I still think the Bengals reach out about doing something like that. Mm. I don't know exactly how it would work, but I just I think it's more likely than not. We'll see. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe they just play it out. But if they play it out, I think Joe Mixon is more than likely going to be on another team in 2024 and it wouldn't be too dissimilar to what the Packers did with Aaron Jones in terms of pay cut sure. but you're going to guarantee some future and not that the Bengals would guarantee future years that would be very unlike them but the Packers did the Packers guaranteed more of Aaron Jones money in exchange for a pay cut and then they did some cap gymnastics to extend where some of those cap hits land um, so that that's an option uh, it does lead to a massive cap hit for Aaron Jones in 2024 of $17 million that the Packers are pretty locked into, but uh, the Bengals probably don't go exactly the same route, but there's a similar story there with Aaron mm-hmm. Jones and the pay cut and, and adding some guarantees. Let's talk Herb Smith, James. Josh at Kingfree 1990 said, or asked, I guess, with more knowledge about Herb Smith, having seen him in a few practices now, not that they're, very intense practices or anything like that. How does he compare, in your opinion, to Hayden Hurst and CJ Uzama? It's interesting because I I asked this question to some people in the building this week because I was curious. He made that really nice catch over the middle. And I'm like, man, I wonder what they think. And last year at this time, I was certainly impressed with Hayden Hurst. And I've been impressed with Irv Smith Jr. And the Overall takeaway, I think, is that the Bengals feel like, and I haven't talked to everybody, right? And it's not like I'm going to name names and, and say what they, whether, whether it's players, coach, I'm not. But I think they feel like they got probably a, a younger version of a, a Hayden Hurst that can give them everything that Hayden did last year. And that's fine. I remember last year thinking, man, Hayden Hurst, they, they might have upgraded from CJ. And I didn't ask about CJ, but they might have upgraded from CJ. That was my logic. And looking at what he brought, was he huge touchdown-wise? No, only two scores. But I I think he was what they needed at that tight end spot. And so I think there's confidence in the building that Irv Smith Jr. can be exactly what you've gotten from these other two guys in past years. And that's kind of how their offense works. Now, will their offense change with time in the Joe Burrow era and, and, and evolve? Maybe. But as of now... We know it. They're an 11 personnel team mm-hmm. that's going to have three wide receivers out there a lot. And, and the, the tight end is not going to be a huge part of the passing game, but could be a decent part, especially have a, a role in certain games and in certain situations. And we saw that with CJ Uzama two years ago, Hayden Hurst last year. And I think they're counting on Irv Smith to be that guy this year. And Irv Smith is probably the, the fastest out of those guys, right? I know he maybe didn't test great and i don't think he did test great but i think in terms of his vertical ability cj was pretty good at it actually i think he's got more in that category than than hayden hurst does anyway hayden hurst was just like ultra reliable if you need six yards we'll get you six kind of guy right Mm -hmm. the mike all of tight ends a little bit and he would break a tackle you know catch and run would, would break a tackle get away and run someone over yeah, but like for an extra couple yards to get a first down. Sure. Like if you needed eight yards, he would get you nine kind of thing. Yeah, he not, would turn that four-yard needs... four out into the nine. 
Yes. Right. Not not if you need like a, an explosive play. He's not taking a, a slant and running for 40 yards after the catch very often. And I think the Bengals look at Irv Smith Jr. and say, that's what he's going to do for us. I know there's been talk, and I'm guilty of it, like the vertical part and all of those things. I think there there could be some of that, but I don't know if they're banking on that. I think they're kind of asking that tight end spot to do exactly what they did last year, and they just mm-hmm. hope Drew Sample stays healthy as well. Yeah. Which uh, th- That's the biggest part of this, is just Irv Smith Jr. and Drew Sample, both guys staying healthy. Yeah, because I, I think that from a productivity perspective, they're just trying to get the same thing out of the tight end position this year. Like if they drafted one of those Dalton Kincaid or, or uh, Sam Laporta type tight ends or, or Luke Musgrave type tight ends, you might be talking about something different. Sure. But I think you'd want to the, use the them differently. They, yeah. yeah. The, the way they've gone suggests maybe it looks a little bit different in terms of how those catches are happening for Irv Smith, but it, it could work out to similar Uzama Hurst level production because you know, like we talked about in the pre-draft process, if you're the Bengals and Joe Burrow, you still want this offense running through your dynamic outside receiver weapons. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and that's not something that I think we've seen enough to say that's changing, but we'll see as as the preseason goes on and early season if if there are some some things in store for Irv Smith. James, we have some Cordell Volson stuff to talk about here. And, and then Ellie De La Cruz is the hotness. Do people still say that? Probably not. The hotness. No. In Cincinnati. No. And uh, we we got a question about him dipping into our Bengals mailbag as well. So we'll we'll hit there to finish the show coming up next. Next question comes from Bengals boy with two eyes. Following the praise of Orlando Brown Jr., what are your opinions on the ceiling of Cordell Volson? Go ahead and rain on the parade, Jake. I'm going to give you the floor. Go ahead and rain on the Cordell Volson. Could be a pro bowler parade why you gotta set me up like that oh because i know what you were about to do i'm just preparing our listeners go ahead and rain on it i i love orlando brown's optimism in cordell volson and he talked about some of the things that volson does bring to the table for sure like the work ethic the attitude the approach to the game never things that we've questioned about cordell volson and from orlando brown who uses his length and uses his size more than he uses his quickness and his change of direction ability and his athleticism. Well, the the praise makes a lot of sense because those are the things that he praised about Cordell Volson. But while I expect there to be a mental improvement from Volson, I don't think that most of his issues last year were mental, at least once he got halfway through the season, he struggled a little bit with lateral movement, redirecting when guys were trying to get across him and, and, using their agility to try to get around him. I feel like that is kind of who he is. That's what I'm really going to be looking for. If he does get any preseason reps, how is he moving? Does the movement ability look any better? Has he changed in terms of his athletic composition? Because you can't get some little improvements, but how old is Cordo Wilson? 25 this year? 26? Your, your body isn't changing a whole lot. Twenty five. Don't 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 25? age my man now. I, I was don't asking. Age. It was an 26. honest question. He's Is actually he... twenty four right now. He will be twenty five. You're already aging, Perfect. but it, okay. he'll be twenty five before camp. Go ahead. So that's around where you kind of max out your physical development, right? Is is around twenty five his physical I peak in most sports? Disagree with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's because you're thirty. What thirty one? 
I'm in mean? better shape now than I was at 25. Fact. Yeah, but you weren't on an NFL workout plan the entire time. And you taking sure? NFL wear and tear on your body the entire time. Not that He's Cordell out. has the entire time. but No doubt. But I think that Cordell Wilson 25 is going to be in better yeah in a better spot to succeed than Cordell Wilson fourth round rookie who shouldn't have started last year. I, I agree That's with all that. That, that should it, no I know I know you do but he shouldn't have started last year and it's not his fault that Jackson Carmen didn't show up ready to go and I think that's the part of it that I, we should remind people and hopefully Carmen shows up ready to go this year but Volson was kind of thrown in a, into a tough situation and so go ahead keep going I don't want to keep raining on on your parade here as you oh, I mean Cordell. Uh, that that's it is is uh, the big thing for me is how is his lateral movement going to be looking because that's where he got got last year i think more than anything else is just guys too quick for him and then when he does get into space just just can't redirect can't get anything on him when they try to get across him did have some solid performances down the stretch for sure but the, this idea that I think a lot of people have that he just got better the entire year, I, I think doesn't hold up to scrutiny. If you go watch some of his games later in the year, Baltimore games late in the year against, um, you know, Pittsburgh week 11, you, you watch some of these later games against like Cam Hayward got him, man. in in that second game, go to the mm-hmm. Kansas city game. A lot of Chris Jones in that game. Mm-hmm. And, and they were very banged up on the offensive line. It doesn't help. And, and adding Orlando Brown could certainly help Cordell Volson, right? Could add stability, could add, you know, the what's Orlando talking up is, is his size, 6'6", six, six at guard. You got two pretty big guys on the left side there now. And, and can no you doubt. play that to your advantage? You hope so. Uh, but the thing that I'm going to be watching the most is, is how is he moving the next time we get to see him. Cordell Volson had no business playing in that many games last year. I, like that's that's the part that I go back to is I, I think back to draft night when they said Cordell Volson, North Dakota State, fourth round, and I'm like, that's the lineman you took, a guy that was not playing, and he's playing one double A. And Led I, the Bengals in blocking snaps last th- year. It's unbelievable. And so, like you you said, like late in the season, like heck yeah, like I'm sure I'm sure he was dead. I, I think that's the part of it where, you know, I, 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 I think the Bengals are banking on the character, the work ethic, the physical traits that he does have, mm-hmm. and him taking a step forward. Now, will he be a Pro Bowler? Honestly, couldn't care less. Alex Kappa isn't a Pro Bowler, right? Like, you just want to see him take steps. The Kappa forward. trajectory would be great for him. Humboldt State to solid no starter. Doubt. You would love that. Exactly. And I think that's what the Bengals like. There's a lot of talk outside the building about left guard, right? Risner and all those things. I don't think there's any discussion about like Lael playing left guard. I think there is a 0% chance unless Cordell Volson gets her. Zero. Just because there's so much talk. Oh, well, this and that. No, no, no. No. This guy they drafted showed well when they weren't expecting to have to start him right away. Mm hmm. And, and showed well enough and has the intangibles and they're like, let's, let's go. I, I would be shocked if Cordell Wilson isn't the starter at left guard. And hopefully he takes a step because he's easy to root for. And you're yeah. right. Having Orlando Brown next to him is, I think it's going to be a big difference because no one can defend Jonah last year. Jonah, Jonah was struggled at times. And um, a lot of that had to do with the knee in my eyes, 
but Orlando Brown Jr. is a big step up, even from healthy Jonah. I, I think some won't. I do, especially because they're both powerful dudes, and so they should be uh, should be just fine. And did you see Cordell at, at the Red Stadium? That looks dude big. looks like he's built barred out, baby. Let's looks go, big. Cordell. The the I keep going back to now that I've thought about it, and I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure I've thought about this before, but not for a while, maybe. But the Kappa trajectory for Volson realistic too i mean not crazy it isn't crazy they, they they're similar ages coming out humboldt state north dakota state the difference kappa didn't have to start right away and was picked a little bit earlier end of the third round but and he had a good senior bowl i think alex kappa did i think I think that's. I think he was like on draft radars. I think largely. I do. Like Volson was out of nowhere for most people. Like mm-hmm. he was kind of under the. But hey, man, that's fine. Uh, guards happen out of nowhere, by the way. Yeah, especially all the time. Like all the time, and, and I, I think they're like, man, he's made of the right stuff. All of those things, and we'll see. Hopefully, that, though. Like, like, what's their weak link on the line? Like, would you say it's right tackle, or would you say it's left guard? Either way, it's the best line they've had. Since since this coaching staff has got here, certainly since Burrows and Town, it's the best line they've had. On paper. You hope – yeah. I mean, we'll see, right? Because I feel like we, we've thought that before. And then last year. Last year is the only apart. time we thought that. Yeah. Um, and it was, and, and it, it, which shows and how bad the line has been. Yeah. Um, the, the mental makeup, the taking care of your body, figuring out how to take care of your body in the NFL, figuring out how to stay – going late in the season those are all things that i think are uh in in his favor as well like i, I do expect cordo volson to be a little bit better this year but like i said I, one of the big things for me that i'll be looking at is is how's he moving last question james before we get out of here i think there's two answers to this question maybe there's more that i'm not thinking about but what position would reds phenom ellie de la cruz who is incredible play if you played football, who you could put him at wide receiver and have That's him one run. of the options in my mind. Yep. Run, run, run. He's lean for tight end, so no. Six five two hundred. Would you put would you put him at a corner? Big corner? No. Safety? Quarterback. Oh, quarterback. Oh, okay. he has a cannon. Yeah, uh, and he's, a, and he's, him, he's played all over the diamond. How many ex shortstops or quarterbacks? You know, I put him as a cannon. Has you know speed. Me. Look at you. See, you thought about this more than me. You're jumping me right now. My God, go no, ahead. No, those are those are the two options. Wide receiver is the obvious one to me because he's Benching got Joe blazing Burrow. speed. Benching Joe Burrow. All right. He didn't say for the Bengals. <laughs> it just said what position would he play if he played football? Who would fare better, Joe Burrow in a major league baseball game today, or Ellie De La Cruz in a preseason? football game obviously nfl with the bengals and the starters don't get the rest of the starters around him huh don't love either of those probably burrow you know what the answer is they would both suck that's the answer that's that's where i started (laughs) don't love either of those but like in in baseball at least like you could hide burrow a little bit Uh, yeah he strikes out but uh, you know, you could put him in the field and he can make a play, maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. get maybe gets hit by a pitch. Oh, oh god. May- well, you know, in this scenario, he's a baseball player, so it's okay. May- maybe he can draw a walk. I don't know. 
hitting hitting major league pitching as as a quarter I mean, uh, that sounds awful. But then on the other hand, trying to play football as a non football player with NFL players also sounds pretty awful. But Ellie is incredible. So many so many incredible athletic tools. Now, the speed now, is there. Could, the could arm is learn, there. Could he learn receiver? The answer is yes. Sure. I think yes. Yeah, I mean, he, he he is unbelievable. They're playing as we're recording on Thursday. He already has a single and a stolen base. I mean, the dude is locked on Reds is going to become locked on Ellie De La Cruz. It's yeah, just like we became locked on Burrow, kind of well, still yeah. are a little bit locked on Burrow. Ellie, Ellie yeah, is that's what Lob stands for. L O B. The the, the Bur- Burrow the Burrow of the Reds right now for sure. Like right now, right it, now we'll see. And and I said like Vada was for a long time. Like I said this, it is early, but I haven't watched the Reds in years. I used to watch most Reds games in a year. In baseball, they play a lot of games, right? I used to watch most Reds games, and I hadn't watched in years. And Ellie De La Cruz got me to turn on the Reds. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's doing. Which hey, is the exact same thing that Joe Burrow did for the Bengals. And and Burrow did it not just in Cincinnati, everywhere. Right. And, and that's I what Ellie's that, doing too. I think De La Cruz has that out that that potential too. No doubt. It's uh, it's fun. It's crazy. Heck, we just we just got Reds questions during our locked on Bengals mailbag, yeah. and spent Ready like there. five minutes on it. Sign me up. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast mini camp next week. Oh, will that's Jonah show up? Will Jonah show up? Dum dum dum. That's a big one, and and multiple open practices. Assuming Zach Taylor chooses to use multiple mini camp practices, which we'll see. He's will uh, Dalvin Cook be at mini camp? Okay, it's a joke. Yeah, that's gonna do it. Like I said, until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hude, and have a good one.